0: In its recent report, The Courage to be Kind, the Carnegie UK Trust presented a snapshot of healthcare workers' experience of kindness during the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic in Scotland. It drew interesting conclusions about the impact of kindness that many hope might be retained after the pandemic has passed. But it also raised a host of questions about what would need to be done to achieve a culture of kindness and kindness in leadership is critical. I'm health journalist, Penny Taylor. I'm joined by Dr. Elizabeth Kelly, the GP who conducted the Carnegie UK Trust research. Elizabeth, it's one thing saying that kindness is a virtue that ought to be practiced, but when healthcare management is measured in financial break-even and performance and meeting a government's targets, is it not just more unrealistic rhetoric?
1: I think just let's let's take a little bit of pause. There is some really good stuff going on um, in Scotland, but also internationally around about kindness within the the health and care service, but also kindness within leadership. In Scotland, we have the National Performance Framework. And if if you haven't looked at it, look at it right at the centre is that we will treat everybody with kindness, dignity and respect. Is it unrealistic to to expect that? And I think there's lots of work now being done, and I would recommend the work that Carnegie UK Trust does about wellbeing generally, not just in in health and social care. Looking at at ways in which um, kindness within communities really enables um, greater autonomy, greater trust and support to do things differently, and creating space to tackling some of the inequalities that we face at the moment. But that takes strong leadership. Courage to be kind in leadership will require the space to have difficult conversations, Penny. Difficult conversations that about the challenges, the challenges of our democracy, our ageing population, um, our population um, with many different physical and emotional and, and mental illnesses going on. We have huge inequalities and hasn't the pandemic really focused our thinking and thoughts around about inequalities, um, both in terms of but health, but also in terms of housing, in terms of poverty, poverty. Um, I think we need to be realistic about the challenges um, and kindness cannot be the panacea for all, but it is a way in which we can really open up conversations, not just within the healthcare, health and social care service, but within our society as well. We can't keep doing more of the same. We need a new approach, Penny. We need a new approach that recognises the value of us as individuals, as part of, of being part of a community, being part of a community at work. And a society that actually values a different set of matrices that we've been living with—that's terribly interesting. Because you know, people who
0: perceive themselves as uh, realists, you know, perhaps having been shaped by the old realities, might say that kindness has no place in senior healthcare management. You know, where the challenges are going to get harder and harder. We've got waiting lists to pick up, as well as COVID still raging at the time that we're talking. Do you think we need to
1: recruit differently for kindness in leadership? Um, yes, and I think again, there's some work going on, Penny, about values-based recruitment. Um, came out of um, some thinking about the individuals who are applying for and 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 being prepared for leadership roles, um, and I think that that's been a, a shift that actually puts not just a. a a formal interview process into play, but also um, puts some role play in, puts some actually kind of engagement with people from um, from their workplace into the kind of the, the recruitment process. But I think it goes back even further than that. Um, let's think about how we train people. Um, let's think about how we we welcome people into the service. From that very time that you engage um, in applying for a job, how do we value people as individual and don't let the systems get in the way? I've heard heard some people recently who have applied for jobs, had an interview, being informed verbally that they were the preferred candidate and having to wait four or six weeks to get any form of written confirmation leaves people in limbo. Let's really think about that differently to really feel people welcoming into into the work work that they're going to do. But also in terms of training, Penny, I I would say that um, now I I was trained many years ago, but a lot of it was about gaining knowledge, was about actually um, gaining the knowledge to do the job that I was trained for. Um, There was very little about who I was as a person and who I brought into that therapeutic space, whether it be an award, whether it be in a, a general practice setting, or whether it be around a table when I was chairing meetings. Let us not forget that as people, as individuals, we have a huge impact on that space that is created, particularly when people are vulnerable. So let's think a bit about as we train and as we develop our our are people who are fundamental to how the service is going to be delivered in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years about how to, to recognise who you are as a person and actually what you bring, what your assets are, but also where you, don't, where you are vulnerable and, that, and to celebrate that. And that, for me, Penny, requires leadership. It requires leadership to be modelled by those people who are currently in roles, that they have many skills they do not have all the skills. They need people round about them to um, bounce ideas off. And in my, I'll, I'll be quite open about me, I recognise I'm not a detailed person. And I used to be really challenged when somebody, I had a what I thought was a great concept and a great idea, and someone would come in with three or four questions that I hadn't thought of because their thinking was different from mine. But what an asset. People who have a different way of thinking are to me as a leader and are to all of us. So we celebrating who we are as people, celebrating that we are different. We think differently. We have different skills and assets. And bringing that out to bear enables people to feel valued, to feel um, trusted, to have autonomy, to have some important role within their team and their workplace, and that's predicated on kindness Benny.
0: Post-COVID, we're gonna be faced with some pretty fundamentally tricky choices, I would imagine, actually, about how we're gonna deliver health and care services across Scotland into the future. Um, There's a a lot of discussion about that uh, taking place, but things can get pretty unkind when those difficult choices have to be made. Do you think we can reframe the relationship between the general public, patients and others, and um, service providers
1: to be a kind
0: one under those circumstances.
1: That would be my hope and aspiration from all that is being talked about and our lived experiences through this pandemic, Penny. If we go back to the very beginning of the pandemic, March and April, that outpouring of support um, from all our society for people who were working in health and social care, Um, although perhaps it didn't sit always comfortably, the cap, cap for carers, there was a real bonding together of our society in Scotland and across the UK that actually we were in this together. That essence of being in this together could create a real powerful social movement penny that actually leads to our leaders being able to have different conversations. It will take guts. It will take courage. It will take our politicians, our media to have different conversations. If we use waiting times as an example, there is a huge backlog of people waiting for appointments and surgery at the moment, they are living with things that cause them pain and distress, that disabilities that preclude them from living life as they would like to. Straightforward things, perhaps like cataracts, that are easily easily dealt with by a day case operation, precluding people from driving, from able to be able to watch the television easily. These are gradually being opened up. But there is a recognition with all of us within our society that we do have that backlog. We have a workforce that is exhausted, that has been valued enormously, that actually, if we are taking um, our duty of care to our staff, we need to allow them to recover, to be able to say, actually, I need a bit of a breather here for people who haven't taken leave over many months because of the demands to be able to take that leave to be able to have down days, for that to be permissible within our society and not to be jumped on by a, a harsh, unkind discourse that pandemic's over now, we need to get on and why aren't you doing it, needs very courageous leadership. And I would really support, and I'll be happy to enable that in any way I can, because it moves us into a different conversation as a nation about what we value.
0: Dr Elizabeth Kelly, thank you so much for talking about kindness in leadership. This is The Courage To Be Kind, a podcast exploring the role of kindness in health and social care workplaces in Scotland. More episodes and more information can be found on the Carnegie UK Trust website at www. CarnegieUKTrust.org.uk.